friends, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast, the only podcast that truly, truly matters to small business. My name is Tim Fulton. I'm the founder, chief evangelist for Small Business Matters, and I'm your host for this podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Taylor Fulton, the director of marketing for Small Business Matters. Taylor, good evening. Good evening. Good to be here. It's great to be back. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus. I, I was gone on sabbatical for, for four weeks, and I feel great coming back, and we couldn't come back with a, a better guest. I'm really excited about our, our guest, John Fenton, this evening. Yep, likewise, Thank likewise. You. I had the pleasure of meeting John uh, before your conference, and I'm looking forward to the conversation today. So let me go right to his introduction, and we can get started. Friends, uh, John Fenton helps CEOs and executives and entrepreneurs like you and I improve their leadership skills with greater confidence and clarity and awareness and building better teams. Taylor, it's interesting. He's mentored and guided hundreds of executives through the one-on-john coaching, and we'll hear more about that in, in seminars and in retreats. John Fenton is a member of the Forbes Coaches Council. He's a certified brain management consultant, which already puts him way above our stratosphere here. <laughs> and he's a black belt in Taikai, and we'll hear more about that. I mentioned earlier he works as, and has worked closely with CEOs and executives and entrepreneurs for over 40 years. John is the formerly the managing partner of the Atlanta office of BDO USA accounting firm. He's got extensive business and financial acumen. John's been published in Forbes.com, and he has a best-selling book entitled Five Minute Mastery, which we'll hear more about, The Surprising Secrets for Transforming Your Stress to Success and Mastering What's Important. Uh, Taylor, uh, John is also a, a graduate of one of, our, one of our favorite schools. That's the University of Miami, where he received his MBA and also an undergraduate degree in finance and accounting. And he played some football at the University of Miami as well. So a uh, nice warm welcome to John Fenton. John, welcome to Small Business Matters Podcast. Thank you so much, Tim and Taylor. It's a pleasure to be with you today. So, John, as you know, our, our first question always to our guests is, what is it that you do that, that truly matters to small business? Great question. One of the biggest problems that I see that, that uh, entrepreneurs and small business owners are facing is not enough time to really enjoy their lives. They're working so hard, they're doing so many things, wearing many hats in their businesses, and really intentionally trying to grow those businesses, and really just not being able to, not finding time to really step back and take a moment to really reflect on things that matter most and to really kind of work on the business instead of inside the business. And so it's, um, it's been a real, it's a real struggle for, for entrepreneurs um, to be able to pull themselves out. It's almost like they feel like they're stealing time from the company if they try to do something like that. So that's one of the things that I really help them with and really setting their mindset for greater success. Well, and Taylor, I should have mentioned this uh, in his introduction as well. We are so fortunate. John was one of the speakers at the Small Business Matters Conference uh, this past year. And I'll tell you, the feedback that I got from our guests there was so positive on John's presentation. So, John, you know, having gone through your bio, uh, share with our, our listeners, so how did you get to where you are today? You've had such an interesting journey. Yeah, it really has been a journey. Um, and, you know, for, for a long time, I wanted to write a book and, and I had this yearning to, to help, uh, help people, help executives 
as a you know CPA and accounting profession, I had a certain role to play, and so I spent many many years doing that, and really felt like there was more that I could give and more I could share with with executives and entrepreneurs and small business owners. And what would really for me personally was that I really want to help inspire executives and entrepreneurs to be their best, to be their best self. And the journey that led me to this was, as you mentioned, I was a collegiate athlete and I got to play at a very high level from the University of Miami and knew all, you know, learned about teamwork and, you know, successful teams and teams. And some of the teams are really crappy that I was a member of and some are really great and tried to you know, incorporate those lessons into my working environment and became a managing partner. It was, was with the firm for over 30 years, and really we were going through a lot of you know, transformational growth in our business, and I knew we, we doubled our size, and our people were just killing themselves, working so hard, so many hours, and I knew that our team was really under a lot of stress, and I felt bad about that, and at the same time, I was under stress as well. I mean, we were very successful. We were on top offices in the firm. We, you know, we, we all benefited financially from that, and you know, along the way, I discovered I needed to find something for me personally, really from a health perspective. Like this kind of felt kind of yucky in my body, really. And I couldn't go to yoga classes and stuff because you know, they're 10 o'clock in the morning at the country club or something. And so I happened to find this, this yoga and Tai Chi practice right near my office in midtown Atlanta. And I went in and met uh, a young man there and he's a manager and he's dressed all in black. I said, well, this is not my idea of a yoga center. We're the Lululemon. And we began to talk, and there was this big banner on the wall, and the banner said, Tai Chi, the way that limitless energy find your center. And I read that, and I said, you know, it really it just resonated with me. And so I, I began training with him one-on-one. And what I discovered was that not only did I, was I feeling better, but also I became a better leader. And I was much more clear. My productivity really just improved dramatically. I was a better listener. My emotional IQ went up dramatically, and I was having more fun. And that started me on the path of, of mindfulness and those kinds of, of things and that training and a black belt and, and Tai Chi and, and a master. And then along the way, you know, had a, an event where, you know, I was rushed to the hospital and uh, my heart was beating very fast and doctors were afraid it was just going to stop. And so they rushed me into the hospital and hooked me up to a lot of machines and things. And they're about to do a heart catheterization when suddenly, suddenly everything stopped. The last thing I remember was my wife and daughter, and you know, my wife and daughter, my beautiful wife and my beautiful daughter. And then when I recovered, when I woke up, the first people I saw were my wife and daughter. I wasn't thinking about the bottom line and all the people, you know, the work that we were doing and the new clients and and, and managing the business. I was so, you know, really focused on my family. And that was a wake-up moment for me. And so I chose at that time to take retirement within about less than a year from that point. And that's what I did to pursue my path to, to help executives be the best that they can be, be executives and entrepreneurs as well. So John, from that story, and I know a little bit from hearing your, your presentation at the Small Business Matters Conference, but but from your story, what can our listeners learn and, and practice that is, is just really practical? Yeah. You, know, you don't have to be a black belt in Tai Chi or anything to, to really improve your outlook. I mean, the, the reality is that our thoughts create our reality. Our thoughts affect our beliefs, our belief system. And we can step back and, and some very simple things that we can do to kind of reflect on, are these the, 
the same thoughts, the same beliefs we want to, to have going forward, growing my business and dealing with all the complexity that's going on in the business world today. And it's a very simple way to, to manage that. And it's just simply through your breathing. It's the one thing that you can control consciously. And it's a very simple process of focusing on the breath, on the breathing, and really feeling the sensations in your body in just a few minutes. I like to say, you can, can you steal five minutes? Can you take five minutes in your day to really just focus on your breathing, feel the sensations in your body, appreciate what, you, what matters most in your life? And that's a very simple way to sort of pull yourself out of the day-to-day grind and the stress and reflect inwardly. And then what happens is over time, you'll become to really recharge yourself and you'll be much more clear. You'll be able to uh, deal with more complexity in the business and the day-to-day life. And really to be, you'll really over time, it kind of, it's, you know, it's sort of like um, compound interest. Each day builds upon the day before until over time something it becomes more valuable. And so this very simple technique, and I teach almost all my clients this technique, is to really breathe in gently through their nose and exhale through their mouth very slowly for you know five minutes. If you have more time, that's great. At least just five minutes a day can make all the difference. John, it's so interesting what, what you've shared with us and almost counterintuitive that the importance of, of taking time off the, the, the importance of, of disconnecting, the importance of, of, you know, maybe sometimes less interaction is better interaction. <laughs> so how do you, as you're working and, and you're coaching, you work with a lot of very successful leaders, how do you get over that obstacle of, of, of them, being, you know, almost probably maybe pushing back on this and saying, you know, I, I, I can't afford to do this. How do you get people over that hump, so to speak? You know, it's a great question, and, and a lot of times what happens is, I mean, I, I kind of grew up in that same mindset, like, I can't spend any time out of the business. Just take any time away from the business, I was not being productive. And uh, you said, we had a coach at uh, University Miami who had these great one-liners, you know, come up with these zingers, you know, during practice, and to let you know you weren't getting the job done or you weren't being productive. And he would say, kind of like this foghorn, leghorn, some of the big chicken, cartoon chicken, a character, you say this kind of deep southern draw, you know, son, you're stealing from the university, you're killing the grass. And so I learned how to be very productive and very focused every minute of every practice and that carried over into my business life. And I get it. I mean, I had a CEO tell me the other, about two weeks ago, she said, I just can't, because I feel guilty not being in the business. You just have to trust that it's only five minutes, first of all. Think about all the minutes in the day. It's only five minutes. And over the lifetime of your you know, running your business and, and the things that you've done with your business, that's such a minuscule amount of time. And really what happens is that you, you start to practice it and you start to, to feel differently in your body and you really want more of it because what happens is you begin to center yourself, you begin to center your mind. So all these outside influences are affecting you and outside stimulus, stimuli are coming at you in many different ways, you know, personally, to the business. And when you can just step back and take just a few minutes to focus on your breathing, it calms everything down. It brings you to a state of much more calm and much more focus so that when you go back into, the, into work, into your work, into what you're doing, you're much, much more productive because you're much more clear. Actually, there have been studies done that 
indicate that about every hour, roughly, your brain needs like a five-minute break. You need to unplug for a few minutes. Now, I encourage people not to do that all the time. It depends on what you've got going on. But at least, you know, five minutes in the morning, if you have five minutes in the middle of the afternoon, I mean, especially if you're under a lot of stress, and it's a struggle. It's not easy, you know, for people to, to really want to do that. But they trust that it will work, and they begin to practice it. They see the benefit of it, and they keep doing it. John, as a leader, you've worked with a number of different teams and been involved with a number of different team dynamics. What are some good and bad traits of teams that you see regularly in the business setting? Oh, wow. That's a great question there. I'll, just, I'll share a bit about my experience. And I kind of have some, some points and tenets. I, I wrote a book. It was a bestseller, uh, number one, a new release and a bestseller on Amazon last fall. And from my own experience, I came up with eight principles of a successful company culture, or I'll say eight principles of effective leadership. And you know, some of the things that I experienced as I observed and watched good leaders and bad leaders and I, you know, I tried to be the best leader that I could be, and I wasn't perfect, for sure. I certainly wasn't perfect. What I noticed was that, you know, if you think about the leaders that you've experienced in your lifetime, you and your listeners, who was somebody you really thought, wow, that's a great leader? Like, what did that person, what were their attributes? What were their uh, values that they held? And, and how did they act? And what were their actions? And many times, they were, from my experience, they were authentic. They listened so just, I call it listening like your left life depends on it. I mean, many times we're so busy that our minds are wandering, even though we're in a conversation, we're not really in the conversation. You know, praising and, and giving, sharing appreciation is so important. Uh, so often, I mean, sometimes I had the, mind, I had the mindset, gee, if I, if I praise everybody all the time, they're going to get big heads. But the reality is no one's ever complained about getting too much praise and you know, your culture is really defined by two things, I think. One is what you tolerate. So it's kind of like your kids at home or if you have pets at home, you have rules. And if they break them, do you tolerate it? Do you allow them to break the rule or do you reinforce the rule? And so defining your culture and your leadership style is what do you, what do you hold people accountable to and what do you hold yourself accountable for through your own actions? And then on the other side of that is what you acknowledge and what you praise also reinforces the culture that you want to have. And I, and I think those are really two, two important aspects. The other one I would say, I call it demonstrating courage. And I had a conversation with an executive last week about being vulnerable. And he couldn't wrap his mind around being vulnerable. But really being vulnerable is having the courage to admit you don't know everything. And that there are so many people within the organization that can contribute to the success of the organization so it's really having a mind to to listen, allow yourself to be vulnerable. When you demonstrate openness, it's really about being open. When you demonstrate openness of yourself with your, your team, you're going to receive that as well from your teammates and from the people that work for you. And that's got to make the organization, it just has to make the organization better. Break, you know, because otherwise you have barriers in communication and people don't really share and some people will kind of, you know, get into a turf war or whatever within the organization. You know, one of the things I call it is passive aggressive behavior. Like everybody acts like they're a team player, but really they're just looking out for themselves and they're really just focusing on their own needs and wants as opposed to collectively the team and the organization. Taylor, those are some, some great lessons for, for the leaders that are tuned into our podcast this evening. 
uh, friends, you are listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. Our our guest this evening is is John Fenton. John, I'd, I'd like for you to give us two examples in terms of leadership. A a great leader that you have worked under. Someone that, the first person that comes to mind when I say a great leader. And on the flip side, maybe a leader that uh, that was not such a great leader, and and maybe to help our our listeners understand the difference between the two. But two specific examples, if you may. Sure. You know, the first name that came to mind actually was in, the, in my athletic experience, and it was uh, my head coach in college, Howard Snellberger. And you know, Howard was very stern disciplinarian, so he had a lot of discipline. Um, but he also, he also knew that he cared about the players and he was very organized and very consistent. Uh, but I think the biggest thing was he, he really cared about the, the young men that were, were playing for him and, and, and that, you know, that he was kind of like tough love sometimes. And, um, flip side of that, and I won't name any names, but I've worked for, for leaders where they were unorganized. You could, you could tell they were all out, all about themselves and not about, they didn't really care about the people that worked for them. All they cared about was their own progress, their own, you know, what benefit they could get out of it, and really looked at people, people working with them or for them, it's just people that they could use for their own benefit. And so I, I liken it to someone who's very ego-driven in that regard, as opposed to someone who really, really does understand that to be successful, it takes everybody, not just one individual, and we're all really there together to, to work together to make the, the organization the best that it can be. And if you think about, again, like sports and obviously football was my sport. So you, if you look at teams in the NFL or college, the teams are always really good. They're consistent. They have discipline. They have a game plan. They're organized. And they really do, you know, can, to the extent they can. I mean, they do care about the players and that. I mean, players do have injuries. That's part of the game. Um, and the teams that are not, and really have a strong level of, they build a strong level of trust. And that's really the key, I think, to all of it is creating a strong level of trust through consistency, through action, not just words, but through actions. And the teams that fail or, or, or mediocre are those teams and organizations that don't have strong trust. And it's interesting, I, I did a workshop last year with a company. And I just asked the question of the senior executive team around the table, what's the level of trust? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, the greatest, and, and 1 being terrible, what's the level of trust here in the organization? And I asked each person to report. And the CEO was in this meeting. And it was interesting that, by and large, everybody in the senior executive team, somewhere around a 5 or a 6, the CEO was a 9. So there's a disconnect. Right? We all have our perceptions. It's a very interesting dynamic. And, and from that, we were able to develop some workshops to really uh, strengthen the trust culture within the organization. John, I, I'm really intrigued by really your whole story, but, but specifically the near-death experience that you shared and, and how that affected mm-hmm. you. I think you also have a, a second brush with death, and I'm just curious if you could tell yeah. our listeners about that and, and how that's impacted you as a person. Yeah, thank you, Taylor. You know, it, it's interesting, um, you know, I'll just share briefly about that that incident. It happened really last December. So here I was. There's a great book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendrick, which I read recently, which helps me articulate some of the my understanding of what I've been, you know, and it's, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. 
continuously growing and and reading and 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 learning from my experiences and integrating all of that experience into how I work with teams and with individuals. So here I was kind of living in my, what Gay Hendricks would call as the zone of genius or zone of unique ability, writing and coaching and teaching and doing workshops. And I was in a meeting with a client and, uh, and halfway through the meeting, I just slumped over and he quickly ran to get some help. And uh, a gentleman ran in who was the, the building manager ran in and uh, quickly got me on the floor, ripped open my shirt and began to administer CPR. And during that about 25 minutes or so time frame, they brought in the AED, the defibrillator machine, and it went off and sent electricity by five times in that 20, 25 minute period. And um, during that time, the EMTs had arrived. So once I was, once I got into a sinus rhythm, heart rate, they were able to take me to the hospital and put into a hypothermic coma. And I woke up three or four days later in a hospital, and I had no idea what had happened. And uh, some people asked me, you know, did you see the white light? I didn't have any out-of-body experiences, but I knew I was fighting to come back. And uh, the gentleman who, Mr. CPR, was so fortunate because he, in the past, had been a life-flight EMT and administered CPR over to 100, over to 100 people. And so he was very experienced at this. And... He and I are now friends, and we were. I went to acknowledge him a couple of weeks after all this happened, and he said, "You know, I knew you were fighting to get your breath back, and I wasn't going. I was not going to give up on you." And interestingly, uh, when I woke up, the first people I saw were my wife, my daughter, who were so just so strong and so loving, and our neighbors really rallied around us. And I mean, I was in ICU; I was totally unconscious, and uh, they were there. They were waiting for me. And I think the lesson I learned from this is that uh, I wasn't really playing in what I thought I was playing or operating or living in my, my zone of unique ability. I wasn't. I was hitting my upper limit. And my upper as Gay Hendricks talks about in his book. And what it meant to me, what it means to me is that um, that I need to be sharing in, in a bigger, bigger way with many more people than I have been and, and spreading this message around, you know, time really is so important. And times are really, aside from our relationships, time is our most precious asset. And how we spend our time is really important. And, you know, and in a moment, in a moment, just in a moment, everything can change. It doesn't take much time. And so for me, it's really strengthening my message around how are you spending your time? How are you focusing your time? Are you pulling back and appreciating what you have? Appreciation and gratitude are so important in our lives. And then choosing to move forward for the benefit of your family and for yourself and for your people you work for or work with in your companies, and really connecting with your your passion around your business and why you're in that business. And so for me, it's really just strengthening the the uh, the message that I've been trying to share for since I retired six years ago to help leaders be the best leaders they can be to to really focus on what matters most in their lives to appreciate that. Take time to step back and appreciate that. And, and since so since that time, and the good news is I'm in great health. I saw the cardiologist in May and he was pretty astounded actually that everything was in good order. And um, you know, since that time, I've, I've changed my own schedule, my own work habits and how I think about the work that I'm doing and that sort of thing and really allowing myself to have more downtime to really focus on the things that matter. And I put health first. And uh, I achieved that. So by May, I'd 
pretty much after about six months uh, back to regular normal health and, uh, and now focusing more on helping uh, leaders and, and entrepreneurs uh, be the best that they can be. What a, a powerful message, John, and, and thank you for sharing that with us and, and our listeners. I know Taylor is anxious to get to his rapid-fire questions, but I, I have one more question for you before we do that. You, you played uh, center in football, and I've always thought that that was a underappreciated position in, in football. How would you relate that position of center and football in, into a, a business environment. If you're going to translate that particular offensive position into a business setting, what would that look like? That's a great question, Tim. So, as I think about that, you know, the center get the center because of your physical position on the field. You can see the whole field. <laughs> so the center is in a position to communicate with the other four linemen about what the blocking schemes need to be in any circumstance. The other thing I would say is the center must really know the game plan. So if you're really schooled on the game plan so that they're lockstep thinking with the quarterback and knowing, pretty much knowing which play we're going to check off to. So it's really about being aware, having awareness, communication skills, really seeing, you know, being visionary and really seeing the whole field, not just what's right in front of you. And, you know, as a center, it's pretty easy. If you're playing against the nose tackle, to focus on what's right in front of you. <laughs> I remember playing as Ron Simmons at Florida State, All-America, nose tackle. If you watch films from back then, it was a long time ago, he's like literally like inches away from my helmet. <laughs> so it's easy to focus on what's just right in front of you, but as a center, you have to see the whole field. You have to be visionary and see everything. And I think that really relates to and being a, be a good communicator and then direct the team with confidence, you know, direct alignment with confidence. I think that's how it relates to the, the business business world. And, and John, if I remember when you spoke at our Small Business Matters conference, you shared a story, one particular play that was significant. I, I hope I've got that right. Do you recall? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so we were playing University of Louisville and they had a very good linebacker, Otis Wilson, who played for Chicago Bears for a number of years. And it was one of these instances where you know the athletes talk about being in the zone and artists talk about being in the flow and it's really about being totally it's when you're totally totally focused in that present moment and what i shared with with your listeners earlier about breathing and stepping back it's really to help you focus into the present moment and so we're, we had this play we line up i'm, I'm reading the field i'm holding the football i'm still, still trying to scan the linebackers and the defensive linemen, and I see Otis, and it looks to me he's starting to creep up, but he's not coming, he's not moving forward. He's just kind of, I had this sense that he was going to try to shoot the gap. And so I had to anticipate that, and I had to react to that. And all this happens in, you know, less than a second. And, but I, I felt like I could anticipate, like I could see him moving before he actually made the move. And I was able to snap the ball and move in position, and I nicked him slowed him down a bit so he didn't run to the backfield and, and nail the quarterback. And Jim Kelly was very happy about that. So, uh, uh, John, we're now at, at one of our favorite parts of the podcast. It's rapid fire questions. Uh, Taylor works very hard to try to stump our guests. I, I think it's a futile <laughs> attempt in this case, but Taylor, take your best shot. Oh, thank you for that, okay, that wonderful introduction. We'll stay on the topic of football, John, and I'm just curious, most memorable game from your college career? Most memorable game, college career, would be against the University of Florida. We were um, 
not favored to win. We won the game, sorry, Gator fans, 31-7 to at Porterfield. Well, you won't find any Gator fans field. on this we'll podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a few lurking out there, but that, I do okay. have some friends that are Florida Gators. But <laughs> <laughs> John, you, you do a lot of speaking and you work with a lot of leaders, so I'm, I'm curious for the, the CEOs and entrepreneurs listening, what are some quick speaking tips you can give our audience? First thing I would do is be, allow yourself to be vulnerable. Just be, you know, don't read from the script. You have your, do your preparation, but just be authentic and real. You want to just share who you are in that, in that opportunity, whether you're speaking to your team or, or investors or whoever it might be. Yeah, just be yourself. Be, be authentic and, and just allow yourself. I used to tell myself, be vulnerable <laughs> before we go up on a stage. Just allow yourself to be vulnerable and you'll come across as real and authentic and that'll make all the difference. You mentioned earlier that you are a continuous learner, which is something we certainly advocate for on the Small Business Matters podcast. What are you working on right now to, to kind of improve yourself? So I'm reading, I, just, I mentioned the book by Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap, and um, just finished reading that and, and really incorporating some of his learning and wisdom and, and knowledge into um, how I'm coaching people in my presentations. And that's one of the current things that I'm working on right now. You mentioned, again, time away and taking time for your family. Do you have a, a specific spot, vacation area, family activity that you always turn to to, to reset yourself? Well, I'm very fortunate. I live out at Reynolds Lake Oconee, and we have a beautiful lake and several golf courses. And so we kind of live this kind of resort environment almost. So uh, we'd love to go up to the mountains, though. And, and we, we kind of like diversity. So we like to go to the mountains. Smoky Mountains in particular are close by. Uh, we also like to go to the beach. And uh, I love being near water. So I love to fly fish. and I love to paddleboard and kayak in the lake or, or at the beach. And uh, that's what I like to do. Oh, that sounds excellent. I'm jealous right now. John, we'll get you out of here on this. We loved having you a speaker at the conference. What was one takeaway that you had from the event that really hit home for you? Yeah, well, it was some great, great speakers. There was a lot of good learning that went on there. And in particular, one of the speakers also was a speaking coach, Des Thornton. And so he helped me a lot with uh, my preparation, and that was really awesome. And uh, I, I think just, um, you know, from, from my perspective was being able to to share with everybody authentically. And then uh, as we, we had a little debrief after each of the speakers, and so I sat down at my table and we were debriefing on, on, the, on the previous speakers, including my presentation, and seemed that uh, everybody really you know, got the message that I was sharing that day. And so I really just enjoyed the, the venue. Um, it was great to be in front of all those small business owners and, and people that uh, work in that arena. And um, I just really enjoyed the, all, the, all the learning from that day. It's a great, great, uh, great event. Taylor, I'm, I'm looking at my notepad here, and I've got a, just a page full of, of takeaways from our time with John, the, you know, the importance for leaders of addressing and being mindful of our stress levels and using opportunities like Tai Chi uh, to, to reduce our stress. The idea that you know, our thoughts are powerful, whether they're good thoughts or, or bad thoughts, and the impact that those thoughts can have on our behavior John talked about the importance of taking just five minutes an hour, you know, for ourselves to, to redirect and, and to breathe. How about for you, any particular takeaways? Well, like you, I, I have a lot. And 
as somebody who's still relatively young in their career and, and working in a bit of a, a startup environment, uh, I admit that a lot of times I'm kind of burning it at, at both ends. And so just some of the, the quick tactics that John shared in terms of mindfulness and, and taking time for yourself and, and probably planning ahead, you know, being strategic about your time, uh, certainly something that gives me to think about and, and, and work on in my professional and personal life. John, I know that you've uh, created a, a workbook for leaders to improve their leadership skills. Would you mind sharing with us a little bit about that and, and where our listeners might be able to find it? Great, Tim. Thank you. Yeah, I, I created a workbook um, based on my experiences and ways that can help executives really just be the best that they can be. And I call it the five-day, five-minute freedom challenge. And um, it's really some thought-provoking questions and things that really kind of get you thinking and a couple of exercises, some excerpt from my, my book, my best-selling book, Five-Minute Mastery. And they can go to my website. There's a special page for it. So you can go to www.johnjfenton.com backslash five-day challenge. And they can get the workbook. It's free, and it's my way of sharing it forward. So to repeat, johnjfenton.com backslash five-day challenge. Yep. And also, right. John, I, I know that uh, some of our listeners, I'm certain, will want to follow up with you after our podcast. What's the easiest way for them to contact you? Uh, just send me an email, john at johnjfenton.com, and I'm very good about responding, so I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And I know that John is, is available as a, as a speaker and as an executive coach, and uh, I encourage our listeners to, to reach out to, to John in any way that they feel John can be of help. Well, Taylor, like usual, our time has gone way too fast. I look at the clock and I think, my goodness, where did, where did the time go? I want to thank John Fenton for being on with us this evening. I know our listeners uh, have enjoyed the presentation and the discussion. Any, any updates, Taylor, Small Business Matters? What's been going on? Well, like you said, we're, you're back from your sabbatical. So we're kind of in post-conference mode in terms of getting back to the podcast and newsletter and updating our website with a plethora of new content. So just looking forward to kind of hitting the second half of the year with all that in mind. And I'll remind our listeners, if you're not already receiving the Small Business Matters newsletter, feel free to visit our website. It's www.smallbusinessmattersonline.com. Also available are on the website our books, information about our boot camp, our monthly luncheon, and of course, our podcasts. So I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. May each of you continue to pursue all that matters. Mm -hmm.